0: Listening to the currency. I'm your host, Mike Gaston, and I want to welcome you to episode number two. I'm glad to have you here today because I have a special guest. This man today is a very good friend of mine and a phenomenal entrepreneur. And I have to tell you, this man comes with me everywhere I go. Often when I'm in a business meeting, he's with me <laughs> in one way or another. I want to introduce today Vince DiGiorgio. Vince is the founder and owner of One Custom Clothier. And he is a very talented tailor, a creative artist, and a good friend. Vince, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. Well, thanks for coming on. I, I, uh, I'm really thrilled to have you help me launch this new podcast. It's kind of a big deal for me. Now, I know for you, you're getting media invites all the time. So this is not a big deal for you. But for me, it's an honor. <laughs> Thank you. You're very flattering. <laughs> so Vince, just for the audience's sake, uh and when I when I said you come with me everywhere I go, what I was referring to is I wear your clothing. We you and I met years ago. I was looking for some custom shirts, I think, and uh you helped me a revolutionized transformed my wardrobe and I'm so grateful for that and uh, I never knew that a suit could feel good when you wear it you know, I always felt like work you know I'd wear a suit and I'd feel tired afterwards and then when I started wearing the clothes that you were making for me it's like wow this feels better than being in a pair of jeans this feels really good so so tell us a little bit about your business what what is one custom clothier what do you do and, and who do you do it for
1: okay well um We've been in business now. We're coming up on 33 years. Um, I started uh, um, in the men's industry, we'll say, when I was uh, just a kid. You know, one of the first jobs was working at a department store and so forth. And um, I really took a liking to it. Uh, my father just happened to be a custom tailor uh, in his own right uh, from Italy. And when I started to, um, you know, started to get dressed up for school. I had always gone to school in a shirt and tie and so forth. It just kind of became part of a routine for me. And it just uh, went from routine to a bit of a passion. And from passion, it ended up being what I do for a living. So um, I just really uh, have always enjoyed that. And I really enjoy working with people. And, uh, you know, there's a whole story behind how we got started or how I got started, uh, many, many years ago. But, uh, a big influencer on me was my father because we had always been around sewing machines and, uh, and clothing and so forth all my life. But, uh, it's, it, was, it was just kind of a bit of a revelation to me when I was a bit younger that I, that I would get into this because I certainly never wanted to be a tailor, but, uh, but really was interested in, in dressing up and looking good and so forth.
0: So and that's uh, what it came out of is, is just a bit of a passion uh, for that. How old, how old were you when you first realized, hey, I think I want to do this for a living?
1: You know, it's funny. I, I never actually it, it didn't dawn on me until it was actually too late. Um, like <laughs> I said, <laughs> it was it was like I said. I, I was working at department stores and uh, what have you, and I realized I went from a department store to a little bit of a specialty men's store, and uh, onto a a little bit of a higher end men's store, and and it just all the jobs i was kind of landing were were in this men's clothing field and i really didn't realize i was doing it you know i, I mean i could have been a stock boy in you know the local grocery store and sure. so forth but that that really never interested me so i just kind of went with what i liked and uh, before i knew it i was i was kind of hooked and i think during I think it was my junior year in high school um, I worked for a well-known men's retailer here in town, a specialty re- retailer, and uh, he, uh, he taught me a lot, you know. But one of the things I did see was that there was a really a, a big gap between what I think client expectations were and what they were delivering. And that's when it started to kind of hum in my head that, you know what? I, geez, I could do this better than this guy, you know, after a while. And, uh, and I just kind of, from from there, that's, that's when I, the, the, that spark, that, uh, watershed moment is like, you know what? I could do this, you know. That's and exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like you saw a gap in the market and, uh, and you realize I, I think I can meet this need.
1: Exactly. So that's cool. And, I, and like I said, that was, you know, into my into my junior excuse me into my senior year, I actually um, decided you know I'm 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 going to try this, and I uh, went and got my own DBA, and uh, I was still um, in uh, in
0: high school. And so you're a high school, you're a high school kid. You're a high school kid, and you're getting yeah. this thing off the ground. Yeah, I was. Uh, so so what was the. I don't mean to interrupt you, but just what was the nature of like you weren't doing full suits at that point, were you, or, or what no, were you? Well, and, what, and I do think we need to back up at one point and tell people what you do right now. But let's fit, tell me what you're doing as a kid. I'm curious about that.
1: Well, what I had done was when, let's say, for example, when uh, when I came to the realization that that uh, that this specialty men's store, when what, what it was, is basically a big and tall men's shop they probably hung about 300 sleeves, basically 300 jackets and sport coats. But we were always going to the books, uh, meaning special ordering things, because guys come in very different, unusual sizes when you're in a big and tall men's shop. So it's very difficult to have all the sizes and all the selections that the person might like. Uh, but what what I was really finding is that you know, I would say probably 70% of the business was coming out of those books. And I thought to myself, why do we need a huge storefront with all this overhead if if all we're doing is ordering from a book? Wow. Uh, so I decided to call on those companies and say, Look listen what do I need to do to do business with you? And they told me, you know, you, you need a DBA. And, uh, a <laughs> I was surprised they didn't
0: say you need, you need to be able to shave first. I mean, it, you're uh, just this kid in high school. Good <laughs> for you, man. This is well, awesome.
1: As they say, you didn't know how hard it was going to be. You probably never would have started to begin That's with. Right. But, <laughs> but, but I think that, uh, um, you know, once they, they told me, this is what you need. And I then decided to um, just Look at the clients that were unhappy. The alterations were coming out right. Uh, the wrong things were being ordered. The the sizing, uh, wasn't, uh, the appropriate size that was ordered. And a lot of that was all done by, you know, the manager of the store. And I was out there basically selling on the sales floor. Um, but long story short, I, I think, uh, the realization came to me that, that there's no real, um, there's no real advantage to having a storefront if all you're doing is ordering out of a book. So Mm -hmm. I took my briefcase. uh, I took a bunch of the people that I thought weren't happy, that were never coming back. And I remembered them. And I called on them and said, listen, you know, do you remember me? I'm from so-and-so in business. And I wanted to uh, just let you know that I'm doing this on my own now. And I know you're going to save a significant amount of money because, believe it or not, at that time, those suits were actually pretty expensive. Um, and I uh, said, listen, I'll come to your home. I'll come to your office. I'll show you the stuff. I'll save you a bunch of money. And uh, did I mention to my father's a custom tailor? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we, he would do all my alterations for you for oh, me, okay. uh, at, at nice. that time. And he would do it for me for free. So I was uh, selling suits, and I remember my first year in college. Um, probably by my second year in college, I was probably making as much as the professors were, uh, because I was out there working <laughs> at getting referrals. Uh, and that didn't go to comments. your head
0: at all, did it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably the best dressed kid in school, though, weren't you?
1: Well, it was kind of funny. I remember the the first uh, the first I think it was, yeah the. My freshman year, I walked in, and I knew I had to go to work after school. So I actually dressed up. I had my suit on. I had my briefcase, walked in. And it was it was funny because I walked into my, I remember my, my Italian class that I walked into. I walked in a little late, and I walked in, and everybody got quiet. <laughs> they thought I was the professor walking in with oh, a three-piece suit on and what have you. So that was, that was pretty funny when I sat in the front row and yeah. just looked back at everybody saying, yeah, that's right. I'm wearing a three-piece suit. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, so anyway, that's, and that was the beginning of the beginning, I guess. Uh,
0: that's, that's awesome. I just, and I keep saying awesome, but it really is. I'm so excited to hear like a young person saw this gap. And, and I've known you for a few years and we know each other pretty well, but that you had the chutzpah, you know, to just like say, I can do this. Let me take this bull by the horns. And you, you made a good point. Sometimes ignorance is bliss like if we knew how hard something was going to be we probably wouldn't do it that may be why as people get older they get a little more fearful and they don't try things because they know oh it's gonna hurt if it doesn't go well and as kids you you know you don't know any better but good for you man that's that's so inspiring thank you thank you so so your father worked for you for a while worked helped you out but i think at some point you, he started working full time for you didn't
1: he yeah what it, what it happened was there uh my father work was working for um another local custom tailor, and he decided, you know, he, the, the tailor decided that he was going to go back to Italy. So, at that point, at this point, I, I was probably two years into my business. Um, like I said, my sophomore year in college, and my father came to me and said, look, he's, he's going back to Italy he wants me to buy the store. And I said, um, no, uh, don't do that. I said, I've got a good clientele now. You know, we're doing a bunch of business. I said, why don't we go ahead and open our own place? Now, I was, I was slated to go on to another two years uh, of college uh, to get a degree in, um, in business, but international business, because uh, I'm bilingual in, in Italian and English. So we put that on hold and said, instead of paying this guy all this money for the store, we'll build our own store, and we'll kind of go from that. If it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, you've got a great skill set. You can go work for somebody else. There's always uh, someplace uh, that wants good tailors. And myself, I'll just continue on in my in my education. And that was uh, 33 years ago. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, you haven't looked back since. But went and then, yeah, so uh, needless to say, uh, things went well. Um, you know, certainly – a little more difficult because uh, you know yeah. a lot of responsibility was on me, uh, not just sure. for myself, but now for my family, also my mom and my dad.
0: Yeah, like your parents, yeah. and, you know. And you're you're in your late teens, early twenties. Typically, you're you know these days, I should say, kids are still depending on their parents, and uh, you know, for a roof and and maybe some food and some help. You know, the tables are switched for you. And I, now back then, I mean, I think people started out a little younger. I mean, as we get you know on and the society people tend to launch a little slower, but still it's a big responsibility of your dad working for you. But on the other hand, what a gift to be able to spend that time with your father. Yeah. Uh, was, it's got to be I pretty was, special. I was
1: very fortunate. I got to work side by side with him for 20 years before he passed. And yeah. uh, that's something that, you know, a lot of people get to do. So no, it's, that's it's, a, a, it's a gift. That, that was
0: a, a true gift, you know? So, so let, let's jump forward and just, Describe what you do today I mean i I don't want to because I know, but like I don't know how different it is, but what do you do today and what's your typical client like like who are you serving
1: well basically what I do is is we've we've graduated from you know basically uh, ordering men's suits out of catalogs and what have you to to now uh, going up you know thirty three years for looking forward uh, we are a full bespoke custom uh, uh meaning that we actually make everything from scratch. So everything from suits, sport coats, slacks, dress shirts, casual shirts, tuxedos, all that kind of stuff, in, including custom shoes. Um, uh, so we've gone from a your, what I would call a more typical men's shop to really m- one m- much more of a exclusivity and uh, really... Uh, trying to provide not just a product for someone, but also trying to help them, you know, go up the corporate ladder, you know, what they should be wearing, their haircut, their, their glasses, you know, what kind of shoes they should be wearing, you know, and, and also not everybody's uh, the same build. So, you know, what patterns, what colors and so forth are going to look, look good on them and just, and even style yeah, right? and, and yeah. guide these guys down, down the road. Um, to, from you know a typical average looking guy to someone when you walk in the room you know they may not
0: know who you are but they all want
1: to know who who is
0: that guy <laughs> you know well it's in it's interesting in our culture uh we're so big on being informal it's like we we wear like a badge of pride you know and, and i know in our city uh here in rochester you might go out to a nice restaurant people show up in a pair of jeans and um don't think twice there's nothing wrong with jeans but a place that's maybe higher end and people are showing up with flip-flops on. I mean, I'm exaggerating. But what ends up happening, I think we all like to think, well, I'm not being judged by that. It doesn't matter what I wear. But the fact of the matter is we still judge each other based on how we dress, how we present ourselves. There's just something inside us. You know, you you look at, like, when you walked into that classroom, there's a reason everybody thought you were the professor. (laughs) You know, you looked like you fit the role, and I think sometimes we overlook that. We think that that's an old-fashioned way, but people still judge based on looks. Like, we can't help it.
1: Well, as, as well, be honest with you, they should <laughs> because, let's face it, it, most people, you know, say to themselves, you know, it's not that important. Yeah, go in you know, a pair of flip-flops and short stuff, you know, see how you're
0: treated, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, so what you are wearing communicates. So you show up in flip flops and shorts. It's disrespectful. Absolutely.
1: Isn't it? I mean, it tells you you didn't care for the person. You know, it uh, it says you are you are uh, thumbing your nose at uh, at, at yeah. the person, their family. Uh, I think, as as from a respect factor, you know, I mean, that's probably the most extreme scenario. But, right, right. but you know, I mean, it's 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 but it's a
0: good it's a good it
1: illustrates a point, though, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. You know, you, people do care what you look like when you walk in. OK, people do care. I tell people all the time, look, if a if you have a butcher and he's got a paper hat on and he's got whites on and he, you know, and he's got these big, rugged hands, you know, that to me looks like a butcher. If the guy looks like he's about ready to go play nine holes of golf. He doesn't look like a butcher to me, you know? Right. What you are and who you do, you know, what people see is very important, you know?
0: <laughs> the last thing you want to see on the operating table is the doctor with a paper hat on and his white tongue. Now, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly. No, your point's well taken. And what I like also, not to get lost on uh, as we focus on this looks aspect, what you said is you're helping men – Figure out how to dress, how to put themselves together, what works well on their body type, what works well with their colors, how to pair things like shoes, shirts, ties. Like, it's it's the whole package. It's not just the matter that you're making a custom suit or custom mm-hmm. shirts, but you're helping them put themselves together to present mm-hmm. themselves. What I mean – is it really about becoming a gentleman? I mean, it doesn't. I don't think you're running etiquette classes. No. But is it really about an element of being a gentleman? Well, the the, the clothing is the means to the end. I mean,
1: uh, the clothing helps the person. You know, whether it's in business, whether it's socially. You know, I mean, if you go to, um, yeah, you know. If you go to a resort, you know, and everybody's in flip flops and and beachwear and what have you, I mean, it's not appropriate to wear a three piece suit, and vice versa. You know, if 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 you're in a business meeting, you shouldn't be looking like you're on the beach. Also, so yeah, yeah it. So yeah, uh, some of the things that you think would be very obvious to some people, um, mm-hmm. they just don't get it, and we we try to help them understand why the psychology behind it. So the clothing is the means to making that person, that man look like a gentleman, you know, and, and also Mm -hmm. be honest with you. We even help with, you know, what it is to be a gentleman. Um, and, and especially when you get some of the younger guys. And I mean, the, the definition of what a gentleman is, is someone who puts the needs of others before those of himself. That's why when you Mm -hmm. hold a door open for someone, they say, Oh, what a gentleman. So, that you're putting their need yeah. before you you're going through the door. So uh and a lot of that is lost on I think uh a lot of people today. We've 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 lost that the soft um soft skills of of being uh a gentleman of of having uh respect for other people and so forth. I mean and that's really mm. you know what it's all about. When you dress well, it's about Showing respect to the other person you're going to see that you have enough, um, enough thought, uh, about them, enough respect for them that you want to look a certain way. Okay. Right. Now, if you walk in, like I said, into a business meeting with the, with the shorts and flip flops on, it shows disrespect, you know, and how little, mm-hmm. uh, the way you dress or how little they mean to you. So it's it's a very right. psychological thing, but but we're we're getting in kind of deep here.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, oh, I think this but, is but important. That's, that's I know what it's about. I I also think that it's a respect is a two sided coin. Uh, you, you have to demonstrate that you respect yourself, also, and I think people need to. So so I think people here respect yourself, and they think you're gonna you elevate yourself above others, or you're or you're making sure that it's you know I'm getting for me first. What I mean by that is just that, you know, I'm not going to do things that are destructive for me. I'm not going to do things that are destructive for you. I'm going to be trustworthy, honorable. Like if I respect myself, I'm going to have those qualities. And that means you can trust me and I'm showing respect to you at the same time. So I think it's kind of a two-sided thing. And I think people, I don't think they do this consciously, but you know, people that show up to a business meeting, like super casual, I think they're trying to let you know, like, I don't have to dress up. I, I have the power. And I, but I think it actually has the opposite effect. It's like you, you don't respect yourself and, and it ends up uh, minimizing the impact that person could have in the meeting. Now, look, if the guy has a billion dollars, he's a tech giant and he shows up in flip flops, well, then it doesn't matter because he's just, he's, you know, he's well, got he's the money a and everybody loves what's him. happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in other words, look, all you guys.
1: You guys keep wearing the suits and everything. I've reached the pinnacle. That's what I pay you I've reached for. reached the pinnacle. I
0: can do whatever I like, you know. And well, do you know, here, here's an interesting, this is totally off the, the, but this is an interesting idea. You ever see all the Greek statues? They're always naked. They're <laughs> yeah. nude. Do you know why that, is? Now you're laughing, right? You know, do you know why that is? This is for real. I'm no, being no, honest. no, I, I have no idea. In Greek society, and only men, it was obviously men, but men that reached a certain level of society that ascended to the top would be nude as a as a demonstration that they were unencumbered by the cares of the world, so like a really great man would be nude, so they'd do their statues nudes to show this was a man that didn't have to worry about things like clothing he was he was so high up there he had the freedom to be. Exposed. It was kinda of weird to us. It sounds counterintuitive, but it was just a symbol of of not having a care.
1: That uh, does not bode well for men's
0: clothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> trust me, I I the world should hope I never ascend to that level because uh <laughs> I I definitely look better in a suit, let's just say uh, that. You know, and, and
1: and before you just started this, one of the things I, I remember um asking some some women I will say married women and so forth, you know, uh, how would you rather see your spouse, your husband? Would you rather see him in a bikini or would you rather see him in a suit? they, They were like a man that is in a properly tailored suit is about as sexy as it gets, you know. And especially, you know, when they're talking the whole the James Bond thing with the tuxedo and, you know, and, and it doesn't yeah. have to be overdone. It just, it just, it needs to fit properly, look clean and sharp. And like I said, those women were just talking, you know, you could see, you could see the glitter in their eyes when, when they were talking about a man in a well-dressed
0: uh, outfit. So, uh, What's that ZZ Top song? Yeah. Everybody's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. Sharp-dressed man. Hey, folks, my guest today is Vince DiGiorgio. He's the founder and owner of One Custom Clothier. Just stay tuned. We're going to jump out for a quick break. But before I do, make sure to look up Vince. You can find him on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash One Custom Clothier, or you can hit his website, onecustomclothier.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from Vince DiGiorgio. Guys, thanks for joining me for this episode of The Currency. There's more to come in the second half, so stick around. But before we get to that, I want to quickly invite you to join my free email newsletter. If you like topics like brand strategy, marketing strategy, business strategy, entrepreneurship, if those kinds of things float your boat like they do mine, then I would encourage you to sign up. You see, I write articles, I create videos, and I produce podcast episodes like this. And maybe once, twice a month, I send out an email to my subscribers to let them know about the new content that I've created. And I typically include a bit of a note, some insight or some direction in that email as well. So if you're into that kind of thing, take a moment, just go to my website. It's MikeGastin.com. That's dot ncom You'll see a block right on the homepage where you can sign up. Just give me your first name, your email address. I will never spam you. I'll always protect your information. But I'd love to add you to my subscriber list. I'd love to keep you updated on this great content that I work so hard to produce and put out there for you to use. So take a moment, sign up. I look forward to including you in the next email that goes out. Now let's get back into today's interview. And we're back. My guest today is Vince DeGiorgio. I'm your host, Mike Gaston, and let's get into it. So Vince... Fantastic story about how you started as a young guy. Great to learn about uh, what you're doing and how what you do affects men and their ability to succeed and thrive and to become gentlemen. I want to ask a question. I know you as a very creative person. You're always looking for new things to tackle, new challenges. You love to explore different clothing lines. You added a shoe line not too long ago. You've just done all kinds of stuff. But I think recently you've been going through this process of focusing the business. Do you mind sharing a little bit about... Uh, why you're doing that? What that means, and then how that's been impacting uh, your work and and your and your success. Yeah, sure. Um,
1: well, you can, as you can well I imagine, after 33 years, you get you have massive, pretty good uh, uh, repertoire of clients. And what what I really wanted to do was really stop concentrating on newer new clients. Uh, I really wanted to step back a little bit. And- you mean finding new clients? You you not yeah. ignoring,
0: yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> in
1: okay. other words, I'm I'm not proactively going after new clients. Gotcha. Now, certainly gotcha. they, they 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 come via uh, referrals, you know, as well as you know off the internet and so forth. But as far as actively going out and seeking new clients, we've really slowed down in doing that, and that's because you know there there comes a, a a point where you reach critical mass and you really can't, you can't focus as much as you'd like to on every single client. And once I kind of started getting to that point, I, I just kind of put the brakes on and said, you know what, I don't think this is a direction that I want to go. I still have great clients that I've had for, you know, 15, 20, 25 years and, you know, they're still working and I'm still working and plugging away. Uh, and I said, you know what, these guys deserve more attention from me. And, um, you know, the one in custom clothier is not because we we feel we're number one. It's because it's a very one-on-one experience. And really, they get the opportunity and I get the opportunity to work with these guys on a one-to-one basis. They don't have to uh, have any other salesmen that they're going to be working with. And therefore, um, I wanted to keep that high-touch environment within the business and you really can't do that once you get to a certain
0: point where you know there's there's just not enough uh, hours in the day to take care of everyone and part of it's the brand right i mean i'm assuming not to interrupt you but if you're putting out this really custom piece of clothing that the experience should match that the experience should be very custom and and unique as well yeah, absolutely every
1: every individual is different everybody i work with is you know has a different type of position they're at a different point in their life um yeah they have different needs but also you know they have different personalities you know so uh so like i said we we kind of i kind of stepped back and said you know i want to take care of the people that i already have and uh and that's what we started doing. And, and really, it's it's paid off dividends because we, you know, they're getting a personal phone call from me, not uh, a voicemail and not a text or not an email, but an actual phone call. And in, in today's business environment, you don't get that a lot anymore, you know. And so I like to see my clients twice a year uh, if possible. And that gives us an opportunity to, you know, to stay in touch. And uh, when you're staying in touch with people, you know, people do business with people they in, uh, like and they enjoy doing business with a relationship, so, yeah. you know? It, yeah, absolutely. It's all about relationship. So, you know, if I was to ever, so to speak, sell a business or what have you, I mean, I would have to work very hard with my clients to introduce them to somebody new because I, you know, in this particular instance, one custom clothier, I am the one. You are the business. Yeah. Yeah, yep. e- exactly. So, um, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have a couple of children that, uh, uh my daughter, especially that looks like she's going to be interested in, in continuing this on. And, uh, I think that's, that's vitally important when, when you're talking about a business that it is so personal in nature,
0: you know? Mm. Yeah. That's interesting because as you're talking, it's like the product that you make, that the offering that you have, it's so custom. It's so unique. Each piece is different. Each piece is for a very specific purpose, solves a specific you know challenge or problem, accomplishes a certain thing. And the way you're running the business is very unique and personal. Each relationship is unique. The way that you treat the customers are unique. That's really cool. Sometimes I see clients where, uh, they have, you know, it's not always a client, but I might see a business where they have an offering, but then they're, which is maybe let's say premium, but the way that their customer service and the experience is very non-premium. And what I'm convinced of is that the the experience is the product. Like I might come and buy a suit from you and that is really the, like I walk away with a suit. But if the experience is amazing, then I just like, I'm buying that amazing experience. If the experience is bad, it doesn't matter how good the suit is. The suit could be the best in the world. Uh, but if you, but if you treat me poorly, yeah, I'm really unhappy with, with, so the experience really is the product. So that's pretty cool that you're doing that. What, um, what's been the biggest challenge? I mean, 33 years in, if you had to pick one thing, that's been the hardest thing about being in business, what would that be Vince? Hmm. Um, you can't say counting your money because I know that can be a real burden. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I know. Now, I know. I
1: I think you know uh, one of the, one of the reasons I made the change that we just talked about, which is concentrating on the on the clients that you already have. Um, I think one of the diff- most difficult things uh, for me to kind of accept is, over the years, the the attrition rate that, that at which you lose clients. Now, you can lose clients in one of many different ways. Number one, you can provide you know a service or a product that's not that great. and In this case, that's not the case, but uh, but people move. They certainly um, retire. You know, they get older and retire. Um, and and one of the biggest things that really happened to us, and this is going back a number of years, is the more casual attitude of dress. You know, yeah, there, yeah. there came a point in time where, you know, Silicon Valley, everybody wanted to be, you know, in a pair of chinos and a golf shirt uh, to do business. And that really stifled the um, the men's clothing industry i mean they they really had to start scrambling and figuring out what are we going to do now a lot of places uh decided to um just start carrying chinos and golf shirts and all that kind of sure sure i i never really just follow the market yeah i really never believed in that i i think that you know if you have to look the part no matter what and i and i thought to myself this is going to be a fad well this fad lasted a lot longer than I anticipated because, you know, people got really comfortable with it. Unfortunately, business became very casual. And, uh, but, uh, but I have enough clientele uh, that are higher ends, people that are, that need to dress appropriately. They're traveling all over the world and so forth. So in that particular instance, we were able to retain the people that, that continue to to do what we do, which is custom clothing. Sure. Um, But did we go more casual? I'll tell you what, we were selling more, um, more sport coats than we were suits at one point in time. And, uh, and also we went into like, uh, some more casual looking custom shirts and so forth, but but never really lost the vision that we had, which, which was really to, to dress these guys appropriately, you know, when I consider business body armor, you know, the, the, (laughs) the suits and so forth, um, I I just never turned away from that, but that was, that was a pretty dark time. (laughs) Things have definitely swung back in the other direction. Um, And I think a lot of the younger guys, uh, you know, are are in a place where like, I need to set myself apart from everybody else. One of the ways I can do that is by the way I dress and um, you know, the uh, these younger guys certainly they'll, they'll they'll buy their nicer cars and they'll buy nicer custom suits and so forth. Even if they can't afford it at this point in time, because it's they realize that it's easier to go up the up each rung of the ladder in the corporate ladder if
0: they look the part, even if they have it's an investment. Them. It's an investment. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of talk these days about college degrees, and and they're saying, you know, all three of my kids have gone to college or your daughter's in college right now. And, um, there's a lot of talk that, you know, college isn't really about learning. It's more of a signal. You get out of college with a degree and it's a signal to the world that, you know, you're ready to, to work a professional job. And in some ways the clothing is a signal too. So if somebody wants to, you know, do well in their career, they want to go to the right college. They want to dress the part so that people can envision them, uh, in that next, next rung of the ladder. So that makes a lot of sense. So that that period of time, like where you said it was kind of dark, how long did that dark period last where you where you were kind of doubting or it was just a struggle? I mean obviously we're still kind of a casual society, but you've figured out how to make that work yeah, but how it, long were you kind of in the dark? It was really gosh, probably about eight years it, oh wow it was a y- wow. eight year
1: time frame where where people just you know it was it, uh, and, and again it's you have to kind of figure out which direction you wanted to go. Either you wanted to join the club or you wanted to separate yourself away. So the real way to separate yourself away is by providing a specific service. Okay? So you want more niche. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's been uh, really the saving grace that we've had in our business, sure. which is we stuck to our guns. And not only do we stick to our guns, one of the things that, that, that we, uh, continue to do is always elevate the bar of, of the, um, of the clothing that we were creating to mm-hmm. now at this point, you know, when, when we first started out, our custom suits were basically mostly machine made, you know, and then you get a little bit of handmade work in it and so forth. Now, you know, I can honestly say the the garments that we make today will rival anything anywhere in the world. I mean, these things are wow. almost completely custom not only custom made, but completely handmade. Uh, you know, when I say handmade, hand needle thread start sewing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. so uh,
1: we've pretty much reached the pinnacle of of uh, the, the custom clothing industry by elevating ourselves to that point, and and uh, and now the people that we're going to start drawing in are, you know, the people that really, number one, can afford what we do, and number two, really appreciate and need what we do.
0: Yeah. You're not trying to be all things to all men. You're, uh, you you have something to offer, you know who it's for, and you just need to connect with those people. What, what is, if you were to pick, so we talked about the the toughest, if you were to pick the one thing that you're most proud of, because there's so many things, you know, business, it's like, well, I fed my family, I've taken them on trips, I put my Kids your school. I've uh, donated money. You, know, you can think all these things that kind of come out of a business. Uh, it could be the accomplishments. You know, I, 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 you know, built this big business and everybody knows my name or whatever those things are like, what is the one thing that you're the most proud of?
1: I think, I think, well, I, I, I don't know if I, it's one thing, but, but I can tell you probably a couple of things. Um, I think, I think the first thing is that when, We went ahead and when I went ahead and and decided this is what I wanted to do, I've really stuck to my guns. Um, You know, I I I really didn't waver from it. It was it was like I'm going to make this happen. And I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, I never had to take handout from anybody. You know, I've employed people, but, but never had to be employed once I put my mind to it and being able to provide for your family, uh, in, in that way. So that from that standpoint and doing it also, again, I've only got a two year degree, um, but doing it without having to go to college, doing it on, on your own wit and smarts, I think, um, it makes me feel very good about what I do. Um, and then number two is reaching really the pinnacle of, of custom clothing, which is to, to make handmade garments that, uh, people appreciate. I think the appreciation factor is way up there. Uh, I'll tell you what, I would rather have someone appreciate me more and pay me less. In, in, in some, in some <laughs> ways, sure. you know, I think, um, People understanding what you do and appreciating what you do is really high up there. And I think a lot of the clients that we have, they really do appreciate what we do. Um, Also, I'm very proud of the fact that uh, in a town like Rochester, where there are other people that do what we do, I can keep my head very high in knowing that everything that we make the prices that we charge the way we treat people is hands down better than anyone else and again it's 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 it has a lot to do with my upbringing it has a lot to do with my faith and it has a lot to do with work ethic. Hmm.
0: That's a good answer Vince. I uh I love hearing that. Now what if you were to give one piece of advice coming off those two kind of big questions if you're giving one piece of advice to somebody trying to get into business, wants to start a business, maybe has an idea or a dream, what would that what would that be?
1: Well, you know, I th- I think a lot of people now nowadays when you see businesses fail, they forget to walk before they run. Um, I I you know I've I've talked to several people. It's like the you know I'm going to make cookies, okay, and I'd like to open a bakery. That's fantastic. You can buy $100,000 worth of equipment, open up a store, and have no customers. <laughs> so what I, what I tell people is walk before you run. You want to make the world's best cookie, chocolate chip cookie, then, then get to work and start making it. And the first thing you do is instead of opening a storefront, open up at the public market. You know, show everybody how right. dynamite your cookies are. Get a following. Understand that before you put out, start putting all these expenses, don't quit your job. Make sure that you um, make sure that you are firm in your customer base before you take the leap. Now, uh, yeah. one of the last books I, I read, read was uh, was Jump. And uh, that was by Steve Harvey. Oh, by Steve Harvey. And, 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 you know, it's there's another, you know, a street smart guy that has made it all the way. And he tells you, yeah, you're going to need to jump at some point, but don't jump blindly. Jump when you've done your homework and you're ready to make that leap of faith. Make it, but make it an educated leap of faith
0: and not take a smart risk. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's I guess that would be my thing. Uh, it's good advice, and the the thing I like about it is that it gives someone a chance to perfect. I've learned the, the hard way sometimes, you know, like it takes time to get good at something, and and you think you just want to like I, I'm ex- I'm ready fire I'm ready aim I'm ready fire aim you know I I get excited I just want to start doing something, and um, you know fortunately in business I haven't failed that way, but but this desire to just jump out there and, and giving yourself time to develop competency to prove to yourself you've got something and testing it out in the world let people tell you what they think of it before you go buy that $100,000 piece of equipment makes a lot of sense Vince fantastic discussion today Uh, I really appreciate you being open and sharing taking the time Um, I want to encourage people to check Vince out if you're in the Rochester area you're in the market for custom clothing you should definitely check Vince out but take a look at his business you can check him out as I said onecustomclothier.com or you can go check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash One Custom Clothier. Vince, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Mike. It's always great to talk with you. Guys, thanks again. You've been listening to The Currency Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gaston. Make sure to check me out as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Gaston, Instagram, uh, gaston mike and also LinkedIn. Just look for my guests. I'd love to connect with you. Make sure to subscribe. You can do that through Apple, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, anywhere fine podcasts are provided. Guys, I love you all, and I'll catch you in the next episode.